Cool. Um, yeah, I just love, love hearing, you know, what God's doing overseas. Love hearing it because he's doing great things. Um, cool. So this is my last time sharing at Outpost. So, yeah, right? Sad. Uh, what's, what may be, may be difficult is, uh, so my daughter, so I'm married, have two kids. And my daughter loves to draw, and she's always taking the computer paper. Yeah, her name's Zoe. She's, she's amazing. And she took all the computer paper, and so all I had left was um, sheet music. And there's some of it printed here. And so I printed on the back of those, so if halfway through my sermon, I get really confused and start singing. I'm sorry. Um, that was actually not my original joke. I just had to tell a joke to kind of, kind of lighten up. But got it from someone else. You guys can figure out who. Um, so, okay, cool. So we've been going through the book of Daniel, and we finally made it to Daniel 10. <clears throat> so... Daniel's been a really interesting character, or at least the book has been interesting. It has some interesting characters because you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You got Daniel in the lion den. You got Furnace. You got Nebuchadnezzar. You got, uh, oh, thank you. Um, some water. So it's, it's been a very interesting journey. And so we're, we're, we're continue, continuing that interesting journey through Daniel. So we're in Daniel 10. And uh, it's kind of a strange story. So we're going to talk about some strange things, maybe some new things for you. Um, they're actually quite normal for God. And you'll see as I get into it. But, um, but yeah, this might kind of... Oh, yeah, I actually want to say this caveat, too. If you have some questions after this that are, like, really deep and, like, you know, like, you know, deep theological questions, ask your small group leader. Um, you know, those questions are for them. Um, so, so, yeah, do that. Um, but we're, gonna, we're jumping into where Daniel's at, and this is later in Daniel's life. And he has this vision, okay? And so this vision came after... He had been uh, fasting, not quite fasting, all foods. You'll hear see. So it says that for that time in fasting, um, he was abstaining from choice food. So no meat or wine touched his, touched his lips. And he used no lotions um, at all until three weeks were over. Something like Nacho Libre and like, how, like you know, if you haven't seen that movie, it's all about, you know, the lotions. Um, anyway, didn't get any of that stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens after that. And so on the 20, this scripture, this is Daniel 10, verse 4, it says, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great uh, river, the Tigris, um, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen. His, he had a belt of fine gold from Uphaz um, around his waist. His body was like topaz, which is like shiny rock. Uh, his face like lightning, and his eyes like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, which is bronze that's been scraped and polished. Um, and his voice uh, like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I uh, was left alone, gazing at the great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned de deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and, and set me trembling um, on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Interesting, right? Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you have set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. The prince of the Persian kingdom is a demon. 
Um, it's clear um, in the text. Uh, then Michael, one of the chief uh, princes, so my, like Archangel Michael, um, came to help me because I was detained there with the king uh, of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen uh, to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Uh, kind of interesting. Um, while he was saying this, I bowed my face towards the ground. So he's back on the ground. Then uh, one looked, who looked like um, a man touched my lips and opened my mouth, and I began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I am very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, uh, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, um, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. And so the next, that's the end of chapter 10. It goes on to where the actual vision is, uh, what's to come and things like that is, is shared. And so I'm not going to talk about that tonight, but um, it's just important to know. So maybe next week. So I'm fully persuaded uh, that God is going to do a work tonight here. And you and some of you in here are going to come to faith in Jesus, and some of you will take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm convinced of that. I was praying I'm convinced of that, okay? So I got four main points tonight. Just four. I, this is good, keeping me on track. So, The first thing I want you guys to see in the text is that it is obvious there's a spiritual realm. There's something going on behind the scenes. Now, if you don't know, I'm a man of science. I studied science. I've taken biology, chemistry, genetics, uh, organic chemistry. Um, you know, all the, all the sciences, natural sciences, taxonomy, you name it, I've taken it. Um, I'm a man of science. But with all that, I still am convinced there is something going on behind the scenes. And this, this would make sense because where's God at? He's got to be in a realm somewhere, a spiritual realm. Where's Jesus? Where's the devil? Where are angels at? Um, where are they at? They are in a uh, spiritual realm. And in Daniel 10, we get a glimpse of what is going on behind the scenes, what's going on behind the curtain. Um, and what we see is there are two angels battling a demonic force, okay, demonic authority called the, the Prince of Persia which is really intriguing. You're like, wow, this is kind of weird already. Um, but it is very normal that this is going on. This is what's going on. It's going on right now, and it's been going on for a long time. And you can see that Daniel, through his fasting and prayer, somehow is interacting with this. He's influencing what is going on behind the scenes. So Apostle Paul will say it this way in one of his letters. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there is a spirit, uh, heavenly realm, and there is a battle going on there. And um, our struggle is not against, you know, just people. It is against what is going on behind the scenes, what, what is out there. So it's just really important to know. I'm really just kind of setting up a backdrop to what we'll, where we'll go into. Um, and if you are following Jesus, um, it is hopefully true that you have experienced some of this warfare. Um, spiritual warfare can look like a lot of things, but it can be summed up in, in this. It says, in opposition to the advancement of what Jesus wants to do. Spiritual warfare is coming against that. And so it is uh, demonic authority, um, not necessarily the devil. I'm just saying like the, the spirit of someone who doesn't care about Jesus, basically, is coming against 
what Jesus wants to do. That is spiritual warfare. Very simple. What does it look like? You wonder, what does this look like? Uh, for a non-Christian, this is what it looks like. It looks like um, the enemy trying to thwart, the, uh, thwart them coming to Jesus, thwart salvation. Um, or encouraging sin. You know, oh, it's okay, just keep doing this. You know, it's great, you know, join, the, join this or whatever. Um, yeah, right there. In a Christian's life, this is a little different. Hopefully, it's a little different um, if you're really following Jesus. Um, basically, they will attempt to sever our connection with God, prey on our inclination to sin, and deceive us into believing untruths that might, be, might hinder us from disciple-making and cause us to lose uh, our effectiveness for God's kingdom. Interesting, right? Um, a lot of this, so a lot of this stuff, both sides, comes through lies. The enemy was a liar from the beginning, and he's still a liar, and so he's looking to deceive people. That's how that works, okay? So when will you be, get, we're, we'll get more into this, but when are you going to be, you're, you're, when are you going to get spiritually attacked? Well, you're not going to get spiritually attacked when you decide to watch some garbage on Netflix for eight hours. You're not going to get spiritually attacked then, because the truth is the enemy doesn't see you as a threat then. Um, but when you are actively pursuing Christ and what his, he wants done on this earth, which is to bring reconciliation to men and to restore them back into relationship with himself, that's when you're going to experience spiritual attack. I remember I was on the University of Arizona campus. It's where I went to school. And uh, I remember I was sharing Jesus with, this, with this, uh, this friend that I just ran into. And I remember we were standing on this tree. I remember these birds just going berserk, like these birds above us. And it was really random. I was like, what is going on? And it was totally distracting him from receiving the message I was trying to tell him. It was really interesting how that, that happened. I'm not saying it's always natural forces. It could be your parents. It could be, you know, some other influence in your life. The enemy does not want us to fulfill what God has called us to. Uh, so, with all that said, so how do we, um, so how do, how do we battle? So, if this is going on, and Daniel was experiencing this, as we see, and there was this, this fight going on, um, how do we see God come through? Um, I just have two ideas in here. This is not exhaustive. It's just two ideas that I wrote down. And it's kind of cool because it lined up really well with what is uh, going on this week. The first one is uh, persistent prayer. So me and my wife got the chance. To, so we're going to be missionaries to, to Portugal. And then we're going um, to see, see God do um, an awesome work there and get to do campus ministry and start a Chi Alpha there. Um, and so this, this, this old man came and talked to me. He was a, he's a missionary. been a missionary for a very long time. And uh, I bet you Jake will probably know who he is. His name's uh, John Koshell. I don't know where Jake's even at. There's John. He, yeah, he knows who he is. So John Koshell came up, man of God, and I was telling him about how, hey, I, I feel like God wants us to, to do campus ministry in Portugal. And what he told me is he said he has been praying for campus ministry in Portugal for 40 years. 40 years he's been praying for it. Sorry, that just that breaks my heart because I'm like, man, this is just part of someone's prayer. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So 40 years of been praying. You know what? It's done in 40 years. God has begun stirring people. And if you guys ever hear our story about why we're called to Portugal, you'll see that God has done a work for us to go there. So really interesting how, I mean, he prayed for 40 years. And in, in, uh, in, in Daniel, you see, he was praying for a long time too. And he was mourning. He was, he was a little bit beat up. And he kept praying and kept praying until God came through. We must be women and men of prayer. We must be. It is not a, oh, I guess I'll kind of do that. No, no, it is a requirement to follow Jesus. We must pray because that is how we build a relationship with God is through prayer. And so it's, it's crucial. It's really important. 
I'll tell you why it's important. You wonder why, oh, I'll just pray, why I just need to you know, pray for my food. Or we're like, no, it's because God is looking for people who care. And when you actually care, you pray. It's that simple. It's that simple. God is looking to move in people's hearts who are like his. And when you start praying for people, it shows that you actually love them for the first time. And God wants to move through that because that's his will. Okay? You guys get that? Cool. The other thing I want to say is how we battle is faith in the word of God and God's promises. I made this really amazing scripture to you. This is, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures, actually. Now I'm reading it, I'm like, this is really good. So this is out of Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. It says, For just as rain and snow fall from heaven, hopefully not in Colorado, um, and, do not, and do not return without watering the earth, making it bud and sprout, and providing seed and, and, uh, to sow and food to eat, so, my words that, so the word that proceeds from my mouth will not return empty, or it says void is another way to say it, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. Okay? Is faith in God um, and his word, really, because that's where we see God, we get his revealed to us, that protects us from the enemy, even stabs back at him with truth. It's really important that we know. So I say, God's words are powerful, but only if you even know them. So you need to read your Bibles. You have to. It's not an option. It's just not. You have to read your Bibles because it's beautiful to read your Bible. You get to know God. You get to see glimpses of him, the one who created, who spoke the world into existence. Why would you not want to do that? Why would you not want to? You're too busy to know the creator of the universe? You're too busy. I'm not going to stand for that. I'm sorry. Um, you guys can talk to me afterwards if you have a problem with me. It's okay. Um, next one. Don't worry. This is why it's not going to be a problem because I'll tell you what, we are weak. I'm weak. I'm incredibly weak. Yeah, it's not what Americans like to hear. We don't, we don't boast about how weak we are. I'm, I'm really weak. It's God that strengthens us. God will give us the strength that we need when we're weak. And you know what? Just a little shameless plug for prayer and fasting week. Fasting is a great way to weaken yourself. Put yourself in a, in a, in a spot, you know, if you can fast. Um, so there's no shame if you can't. But if you can, it's a great way to weaken yourself for God to show up in a powerful way when you're not, you know, when you're, your stomach's not crying like a baby for food, you know? That's really what happens. You're like, oh, man, I'm so weak, you know? It's good. God will show up and speak to you in that time. You have intimacy with God when you're just in a place of weakness. And you may not need food, not to stop eating food to be in a place of weakness. You may be in another place of just being weak. And you're like, man, I just don't know what to, to, uh, to offer. When uh, another shameless plug for John Cushell, he's really old. He's like 81 years old. So get to know him if you can. Um, I don't know. He's not in Colorado. But anyway, it's all good. Uh, he said to me the another day I talked to him because I wanted him to, you know, just to pray for what God was doing there. Because, like, well, if you can pray for 40 years, pray for us, you know. Um, he's telling me what his strategy was. This is his strategy for, for uh, reaching in these countries where he's planted Chi Alpha in Germany and Mozambique. He said, I don't have a clue what I was doing. That was his strategy. I don't have a clue what I was doing. There's nothing wrong with having strategy, but that was his strategy. I didn't know what I was doing. And said, so I just turned to prayer. The attitude of I got this needs to die because we don't have what it takes. We don't. If you look at the, the scripture that I read, Daniel was falling over twice. This is a man of God. This is the, it's the guy that got thrown to the lion's den. He couldn't stand up. He kept falling over with his face hitting the ground. 
He was shaking, you know, he's on his, he's on his, you know, on his knees. We need help and we need strength. And God is faithful to strengthen us. He is, he is very faithful to it. We, if we need it, if we, if we humble ourselves and say, I'm weak, God, I need you, he'll, he'll strengthen us. Uh, let us never lose desperate uh, reliance on God. This is how the great people of faith operate. And just to, just to point this out, to really drive the point home, if you guys know your Bible a little bit, Paul boasted of his weakness. Moses couldn't even talk that well. John the Baptist was foraging for food and lived in the wilderness. Jesus couldn't even carry his own cross. He had to, ask someone, he had to get someone to help. He just fell over. He, couldn't, he was so beat up. He was so weak. He had to get someone to help him. Jesus, the Son of God, couldn't carry his own cross. So I say, sorry, just really just drive this point home. Let us stop celebrating how great and strong we are, but to put ourselves in humble reliance on God to come through. Point four, this is going to be a pretty quick sermon here. We're kind of chugging on this pretty quick. Uh, that's all good. God's plans will not fail. They may be delayed, but they won't fail. God had plans and purpose that he wanted to include Daniel in. As you can see, he said, hey, I'm delivering this message to you of what's going to come. What's going to come? It's going to happen. And the enemy wants us to lose this, the side of what's going to come, to lose the big picture. So I asked the question. I'm going to challenge you guys. I said, this is my last time, so they can, they can fire me after this, I guess. Uh, but why are you so busy? Why are you so busy? I, I challenge you. Why are you so busy? You want a degree? For what? More money? Money so you can buy a house? You get your house, you get married. You get to retire after you realize you don't like your job. And then you know what you do? You know what, the la- what comes last? Someone say it. You die. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. I'm not anti-getting a degree. I got a degree. It was great. But the point is, is that what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing, you guys? We need to see the big picture. Where is, where is, all, of, where is all of eternity heading? I'm going to just kind of point out some, some grand plans of God that, that Daniel was leading to. I will redeem them. That's a plan of God. Redemption. There's little plans for you that if you're so busy, you might miss. Like, I want you to tell your mom or dad about Jesus. You're the only one who can do it. The only one. And if you don't, I'll leave you fill in that blank. Here's another plan of God. The kingdom of God will be preached to every nation. It's going to happen. It says in Matthew 24, 14, it says, In this gospel, the kingdom will be proclaimed to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Sorry, I'm going to be a world missionary. I want to, I want to see these people come to Jesus too. So don't be overwhelmed. Don't be like, oh, man, I don't know. I, I'm going to drop out of school and become a world missionary. Maybe. But don't be overwhelmed. Jesus is with us. He's with us. He wants a soft heart. He wants a willing heart. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you to, you know, put on some big show. He wants a willing heart. He wants a soft heart. He says, God, I will do whatever you ask me to do because you're worthy and I love you. And you know what? Along this route, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. This is a verse that you guys need to memorize because this is, this is our generation. This is it. I mean, I'm another generation older than you guys. But um, think about this. 
For a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth, and they will turn, they will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's to Timothy. People love their ears tickled. They're like, oh, that's, that sounds nice. Oh, yeah, that's true about me. Yeah, that sounds great. Truth is truth. It is. The truth of Jesus is, is, is what, what we need to turn to. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It's still true. There's things in the Bible that I don't like. I admit it. I don't like it. I read things in the Old Testament. Like, I don't like that. But I know it is true, and I've seen God work in my life. And how can this little brain understand, fathom what God could know? It couldn't. I don't know the big picture. Like, I mean, I'm saying, you know, know the big picture, but it's, there's, you can't comprehend what God is up to and to say, oh, I know what God's up to and I don't like it. You, do you really know? It's pride. So fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of faith. It says that in Hebrews 12. He's the author and perfecter of faith. You're not the author and perfecter of faith. He's the author and perfecter of faith. So let's fix our eyes on him. Because I'll tell you why, because they must hear. The Russians must hear, the Ukrainians must hear, the people in Portugal must hear, because their portion is with God and not with us, it is with him, and they must hear. And if the gospel is true, they must hear, and keep saying it. So, I'm going to engage in some spiritual warfare right now for, for you, over you guys, and I've uh, been praying over this, I've been praying that these scriptures I'm going to read, this won't, this won't be like crazy, like I'm not going to, you know be weird or anything. I'm just going to read some scriptures, and I've been praying that each scripture that's been read has weight, and that it pierces your heart. That's what I want. I want you guys to wake up. And as I said, this God's word will not return void. It's going to, it's going to, I'm going to get a harvest from this, or God's going to harvest from this, where I'm going to cease it, do something, and I have faith it will, because God's word does not return void. So I'm going to go through these things, and I'm just going to read them. I'm going to read the lie that maybe some of you guys have been believing or you've been hearing in your head. Maybe you're not fooled by it, but you're like, this keeps coming back. And I, I want to end. And so we're engaged in spiritual warfare. And we're going to say the lie. And then we're going to say what the truth is from the word of God. So the first one is, you're not loved. Okay? You're not loved. And Romans 5, it says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get better. He said, no, I want them. I want them. They're mine. Next lie. You're alone, no one cares. I've heard this one before. Yeah, you're alone and no one cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He truly cares for you. How about this one? You'll never be free. Some of you guys are, are holding on to this one. You'll never be free. You're sinning your life like you're never going to be free. In John 8, 36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of you guys are standing in a jail cell that Christ has ripped the chains off of you, opened, the, opened up the gate, and you're still standing there holding on to the bars. Is this true? Is God a liar? Is he a liar? No, he's not a liar. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Is that true? Cool. How oh, you guys get that? It's, it's good. 
How about this one? God made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes, but God made a mistake. Maybe you're believing that. This is David speaking. I want you guys to soak this one in. This one's really interesting. In Psalms 39, 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So what makes this interesting, so he said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully, this is David saying, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by God. There are scholars, there are some scholars that believe David was conceived in adultery. He was conceived in adultery. And he's fearfully and wonderfully made. I hope you guys feel that. This makes this statement more powerful. Here's another lie. I can't help it. That's just the way I am. There's a lie. Oh, I can't help it. Just the way I am. Is it really? If you are a follower of Jesus, so therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. It's the old is gone. Or maybe if you interpret it a different way, how about this one? This is Colossians 3.5. It says it's not up there, but it's okay. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, greed, which amounts to idolatry. Depends on which way you interpret that. I can't put the way I am or the other, you know, the proud way or the non. Anyway, so I got both sides. Um, the last one, this is the last one I got. It says, I don't need to obey God. If you're a follower of Jesus, I hope you never say that. Or maybe there's something that God's told you to do and you're not doing it. So I say this to it, and this is John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love God, you'll keep his commands. I say these things because I love you guys. It's not the last time. I'm not going to say something that, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, here you go. But I love you guys. I want what's best for you. And after following Jesus for many years now, I want what's best. I want to find you guys, you know, and gals. 10, 20 years from now, and you come sit down with me and say, you know what, I still love Jesus. Because I've seen people walk away that have looked the part, have been student leaders, and have walked away. I don't know why. Maybe the enemy got to them. I don't know. I started believing some lies. So what we're going to do, if we had the band come on up, it's a heavy sermon, but hey, you know, that's what I do. Um, the band come up. We're going to just play a song. We're not going to have a response time necessarily at a certain time. If you're believing in those lies or, or God's doing something in your life, what I want you to do is during the song, ask the person who brought you just to pray with you. Just ask them, hey, can you pray with me? I've been believing this or just, I just need prayer. Um, and the rest of you, if you guys are like, oh, I don't really want prayer or anything like that, just sing. We're just going to sing a song and, you know, worship God. So, and then, then that's kind of our response time. That's it. But know that I love you guys. And I really do see potential in this room. I see potential for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. If, if, there's, if there's obedience, God's calling some of you. You may, you may, you know, may, you may be working at some stuff, but God, God is calling some of you. And I, I can't wait to see what God does. I can't wait because he's worthy. And there's people I've never heard that will hear because of, because of you all. And that's, that's, uh, that's to be celebrated. Um, so... Look at that. I'm going to pray and then just, just spend that time. If you need God to deal with something, just talk to your, the person who brought you or, or just worship. Either way. But let me pray. Lord Jesus, you are worthy beyond all measure. You are far 
more worthy than we even know. God, help us. Help us to love you. Help us to see you for who you truly are, where you've been, looking for us, pursuing us, weeping with us, caring for us, God. You do. You care for us. God, awake our hearts, God. Break the lies that we've been believing, God. Break them through your truth. Help us to be men and women of prayer. God, we thank you. You're good. Scott, thank you.